Batman Superman Adventure. <laughs> Batman v Superman. That should be okay. the name of this episode. Batman Superman Adventure. <laughs> Wait, there's three of us. <laughs> Batman Superman. Well, no, 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 not us. Oh. Just about Batman and Superman. Oh, okay, got and it. the superhero yeah. dilemma, which exactly. is why why are Batman movies so much better right. as films than Superman movies? Right. And that really goes to the core of the two characters because one is the 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 superhero with nothing but money. Right. That's his like his really Superman. I yeah. mean, Batman's only power is that he's rich. Right. Right. But otherwise, he's I mean, just there a guy. there is there is reference material that that basically states that Batman or Bruce Wayne is at the peak, absolute ceiling of <laughs> how strong. <laughs> A human can be because he's independently wealthy. True, true. Yeah. All this time he doesn't have a good working job and drinking green drinks. Yes, that's you true. Know. That's true. All right, um, should we do? Should we intro here, or we can intro now? The moral of the story: the podcast where a writer, a philosopher, and a filmmaker explore the stories that make us and the morality that makes the story. Yeah, we've been discussing superheroes. I always preferred Spider-Man, to be honest, mm-hmm. mainly because it was Peter. Those little clouds, you know, that they have on comic books beside the head, you know. And Peter Parker was worrying about getting into a car and you know right. driving somewhere, and whether he would get his homework done on time. And and actually, you know, the, that was one thing that the Tobey Maguire films never quite got right to me was the was cracking the jokes, which was something that yeah. Spider-Man always did really. Well, I think that's well. you know it was one the of the humor yeah. that that won you over to him. That's that's the re- you know one of the reasons why that Spider-Man is one of the most beloved characters is that he's relatable to so many young adults because that's mm-hmm. who he is you know and right. he's unlike Batman which we were just talking about mm-hmm. who's a a millionaire he never has to worry about money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Parker you know gets fired from his job and gets evicted from his apartment you know mm-hmm. those are problems that most everyone faces in real life and that's why you know. He has that level of relatability well, to Well, and him. you know something, because even that, it's like he he doesn't just face normal obstacles. It's, it's not just that. It's the fact that he faces normal obstacles means that when he faces an extraordinary obstacle, you get the sense that he's really not up to it. Right. And the the prom, problem with Superman, which we were discussing earlier, is that when Superman is confronted by a villain, for you to feel like he's really has his back against the wall, it has to right. be like a planet. Exactly. It has to be Dark Side or someone who's yeah. toward Earth. <laughs> yeah, it's no one on Earth. You know, yeah. maybe with the exception of Lex Luthor, you know, he sometimes with his kryptonite can can pose a threat but nine times out of ten for a threat to be real for superman it's got to be otherworldly mm-hmm. no that's true i think it's interesting if you think about uh like the source of those characters um and specifically superman because the superman franchise has such a proclivity to make boring right and kind of soulless films um it's in that that it goes back to the origin of the characters. And in a sense, you have to connect Superman all the way back to the uh, embodiment of the Nietzschean ideal. Right. You know, it's somebody saying like, well, if, if we actually evolved all the way and we had the Superman right. exist, then what, you know, what would the Superman do? And 
essentially what we find is that if you become the Superman, that you're not really a human anymore. Right. And so you're only moderately interesting. Right. Um, Which is then, what Dr. Manhattan was, right, in Watchmen. Was, right, you know, exactly. Kind of taking that to its logical conclusion. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing, too, in it, talking about the morality of Superman, Batman, and, and even Spider-Man, you know, like – um, the morality of Spider-Man, there's a morality in Spider-Man about lying, mm-hmm. right? So, so many Spider-Man stories were about, I'm lying to everybody that I know. Right. It was like a very low level sort of moral right. conundrums. With Superman, he really only has, he and Batman both really only have one moral conundrum, which is, do I kill or do I not kill? Right. That was kind of the moral conundrum that defined them. Right. And, uh, which is why the Zack Snyder Spider-Man Made or so many people super, angry. Uh, Superman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Superman. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. it, it's and and it's interesting to look at it because yes, they Superman and that's that's their that's their moral question. And one, I think the motive for Superman is because he is this incredibly powerful being that he has to hold back. You know, there's a comic that he uh, that he talks about. I feel like on Earth, I live in a world of cardboard, and I always have to be careful because I I feel like I'm just going to knock everything over. Mm-hmm. Like, so there's that, but then there's also with, you know, with Batman, you know, he's fighting not to become just like the Joker or just like any of the other criminals of Gotham, you know, um, there's one thing that keeps him separate from them and mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's killing. Right. And, and I mean, Daredevil shares that with him. I, I guess the question I've always had about that whole, that whole idea of Batman's was, um, <clears throat> so... Batman has this rule. Most moral philosophers throughout history have said that there are certain circumstances where killing would be justified. So Batman's position is like this minority position. And even if you think of it from a pacifist perspective, Batman is not a pacifist. No, I mean, very much like, not. He's like beating <laughs> he's people very to violent. a pulp. Yeah, he's very violent. Within an inch of your life. <laughs> what is the quality of life you're leaving? You may not be yeah. killing them, but you're taking right. away every... If I maim him, did I kill yeah. him? Exactly. Right. Well, you know, it's funny because I remember there was this TV show that was on starring Yon Gruffid, and I actually was sort of a fan of it. I think it was called Forever, and Yon Gruffid was its immortal. And when he died, he would get reborn in the man, uh, the Hudson River in Manhattan. And then he would just go back to his normal life, and nobody would know that he had been killed or whatever. So, But he solved crimes, and he had been living for like 100 years or 150 years. Sounds like Doctor Who. But, because but, on, but, a, but on a ship on, so in here's 1858, my he was hit with a musket ball. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> fell into yeah, a strange yeah, part of the that ocean. That was the origin story, right, and it got canceled. Anyway, so but, the, but he faced in the season finale before they canceled it, he faced another immortal who was evil. Mm. And this other immortal... Um, the whole thing was that he, I guess he couldn't kill this other immortal. Right. So instead of killing him, he paralyzed him (laughs) and left him like in a comatose, like vegetative state where it's like he was aware of things, but he couldn't say anything. He couldn't. And I thought, this is so much worse than killing him. And and of course he couldn't kill him because he was immortal. But I thought the morality of this is way more questionable. Right. Than just (laughs) just killing killing him. him. It really is kind of funny. It's interesting because when you deal with like the superheroes on this level, you're really asking an ancient question, which is do the gods... Like in a literary sense, like from Greek, from Homer all the way through like the Greek stories, do the gods have the right to 
interfere in the affairs of humans. Right. right. And if they do, can they kill us? Right. You know, or are there, are their hands tied? Um, and, and that kind of idea of the Superman, um, exercising restraint so as to not cause harm I mean, to the order of things. Right. Yeah. And you I know. think just from a moral perspective, you'd say, okay, yeah, because Superman's more powerful, there's a moral conundrum that a moral burden he has that other people don't have. But at the same time, you look at Batman and is he really stronger than anybody that he's facing. I mean, particularly if he's facing Mr. Freeze, you know, or someone with extraordinary technology or a uh, Bane who has all this power. He's not really facing ordinary criminals. There's not a power imbalance when you're talking about Batman. So his decision not to kill them, to me, is, uh, well, like at the end of Batman Begins when he lets... And this is kind of interesting. He lets Liam Neeson die, and he says, I'm, I'm basically going to let you die because I don't have to save you. Yeah, I'm, I'm Which, not, not going to kill you, but I don't have like, to save there's you. There's like, yeah. I don't know that that's really a distinction in that situation. <laughs> like, it's because yeah. he's in a situation where not killing Liam Neeson is to kill him. Right. And that is what causes all the problems in the third Batman movie. Right. Because Liam Neeson's daughter comes back and there's and, and the terrorist group comes back and all these things happen. But then like I think you were saying earlier when we were talking before the podcast, Luke, about in the dark night, he lets the Joker live. Right. But that's just as problematic right. and questionable as letting Liam Neeson die. Yeah, you might so, say so it's the, actually selfish. Well, yeah. So the question is I I rewatched uh The Dark Knight in preparation for this and it's man it's been a while since i've seen that that's such a good movie but um yeah the the question was in letting the joker live you know there's that standoff scene where you know he flipped the the 18 wheeler and you know he's got the bike and he's you know the joker's like come on hit me and you know he doesn't he doesn't you know let he doesn't kill the joker he lets the joker live so in doing that you know a lot of other people die um, and, you know, not just in the Dark Knight, but in the, the comics itself, you know, the Batman character, by not killing the Joker is the blood of everyone who the Joker has then killed on Batman, you know. And is that is that an immoral decision, you know, not to eradicate this pure evil from the world? Is right. it is it is it just as morally gray to let that exist and let that live um, because, you know. It's really infecting the the life of everyone else who lives in Gotham. Well, and 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 you can kind of go down to the nitty gritty of that movie because something that the Dark Knight's a strange movie in some ways because what the Joker pulls off is technically impossible. Like if you actually, right. like I remember after I oh, first yeah. saw the movie and I thought, <clears throat> okay, so six months prior he mined the hospital. He mined the boats. He <laughs> figured out how to masquerade as a police officer. Like yeah. you go through every step of what oh, he yeah, actually very, accomplishes, yeah. and it's like superhuman. Oh yeah. So, and I think Nolan. To be fair to Nolan, he said the Joker was like a force of nature. It was more right. to ask a question right, of saying, exactly. if somebody was essentially unstoppable, would a surveillance state, which is what Batman creates at the end of the movie, would right. it make sense to do this? So I get that it was kind of a parable right. or an allegory. But at the same time, 
It's like just the Patriot Act in long form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, but at the same time, it also kind of makes the moral question you just asked even more ironic in a way. Right. Because if you are facing a force of nature that powerful, then all of Batman's logic about not killing him gets weaker and weaker and weaker. Right. The stronger and stronger he is. Right. Um, just like nobody today, I think, would not pull the trigger on Hitler. Right. right. Like there's – Maybe no one in existence that wouldn't do that today based on what we know if you could teleport right. back to the right. height of the Third Reich. Is that true, though? Is that actually the more moral thing to do? To pull the trigger on Hitler? Yeah. Is it is it more moral to kill someone for a potential evil that they have not chosen to commit yet? Well, then well, that gets sticky because then you start talking about time. <laughs> well, right. Because <laughs> like, you, know, you can actually – you can take this to the ultimate level and say – is it moral for God to not obliterate the devil? Right. Right. God could obliterate the devil. Right. But he chooses not but to. But he chooses not to for what purpose? Right. Like for what reason? And that's really, that's kind of, I don't know, that's like the ultimate version of this question. Well, and also that question, though, goes in a lot of different directions because there are evils that God has averted that we don't know about. Yeah. And by definition, right. we're, we're unaware of them. So, well, and that's where you get into all these crazy ideas like we live in the best of all possible worlds, which was roundly mocked by uh, Voltaire, you know, and, mm-hmm. and other people. But I think going back to to the Joker, the thing about the Joker that, uh, you know, is Batman responsible for the people – that he kills, I think that there's an, an oddity because you can, because I think what Nolan was saying in that movie and what the Batman comics tend to say is that the Joker is testing whether there are virtuous people in the world. Right. And that Batman is showing that he is the one virtuous person. Right. So that's the logic of it. But, and here's the odd thing, you could flip it on its head and say that the Joker by holding Batman's morality hostage is in fact controlling him. Right. Because Batman could just say, the moral thing to do is kill you. I know it's the moral thing to do to kill you, so I'll kill you. And even though you may think that you've caught me in a moral hypocrisy, it's like, ha you killed me! Right. <laughs> you know, and right. he dies. Well, he's just an idiot, right? right. Exactly. <laughs> the I Joker's okay just wrong. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was right about humanity. Yes. <laughs> you know, and he's exactly. dead. Um, so, so there's kind of an irony when you flip it around. Batman should have talked um, to Wesley the pirate. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> and then, you know, I think sometimes it's like all the times that Batman has captured the Joker and it, you know, why wasn't he ever given the death sentence by like the, <laughs> the criminal justice system? Well, right, this is a good question now because even our our dear Pope Francis has said that the death penalty is now inadmissible. Although right. there are centuries of church teaching, uh, you know, speaking as a Catholic, that say, well, no, it is admissible and it's it's proper, all the way back to Saint Paul in the Bible saying this is a just punishment for right. criminals that the state can't administer. Right. That the emperor holds the sword. And so then you say like, well, then how does that, how can that morality change? Right. Because nothing else about it has changed. Right. Right. Well, and I would even go farther and say that to me, the fallacy of 
the arguments against the death penalty as an absolute, right? That it's never okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that they run up against is is the traditional argument for the death penalty, which was based on the dignity of the victims. Right. It was about – the death penalty was about acknowledging the dignity of the victims in putting to death the perpetrator. Now everybody's obsessed with the dignity of the perpetrator, right? So the Joker, you know, he has dignity. We right. can't just kill him. You like know? the guy that trips, <laughs> r- trips out running out of your house after he robs you and sues for damages. Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah. And, and, and to me, there's a kind of moral – insanity that goes along with being and it's not that obviously in past generations people probably overdid it mm-hmm. not just probably they did overdo it yeah um lots of things we would never count as today but to just flip it 100 degrees 180 degrees the other way mm-hmm. right doesn't make any sense either. well it's even interesting you know you say that about in history it being overdone if you even look in like the old testament and the the times you know especially when, you know, before the kingdom of Israel was established and whatnot, there's a, definitely a lot more killing that happens then, but that tends to happen when you have people fighting for power. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's very few accounts of when a death sentence is actually carried out, um, mm-hmm. you know, even though that, that, you know, that's a very, you know, capital punishment is, is definitely there. You know, mm-hmm. but it's it's actually carried out very few times, and not to say that it could have happened more, and it was just never recorded, mm-hmm. right? But you know, the amount of times it actually happened was very few. Um, but yeah, it's to what you were saying, it's yeah that moral insanity of uh, you know if the Joker were alive today, you know that is he would be the pure embodiment of evil. Mm-hmm. Of just absolute evil. Well, and, well and we're all, we're really saying what, these are the or the root question of this is what are the bounds of justice and mercy? Right. Mm-hmm. Because by quote being merciful to the Joker and not killing him when he could have, is he serving justice or not? Because Batman, right. what is he? He is the embodiment of justice where justice is everywhere else is dead. Right. Mm-hmm. You know the. The judge is corrupt. The, right. Everybody but him and Gordon, you know, right. it's, the, it's really them and everything else is just hell. Right. So what does justice do? Right. And that's where maybe Nolan, I don't know, was he true to justice? Yeah. Or what right. Does that mean? I think there are two, uh, two things. One is that, um, well, actually three things. One is I would give Nolan, um, some some kudos in the sense that he actually takes these questions seriously. Yeah, it's like definitely. when you're watching The Dark Knight yeah. or you're watching any of the movies, it's not just a, things aren't just assumed. They're right. discussed, they're aired, and so the tensions are felt. The second thing is that <clears throat> there's a kind of <laughs> emperor's new clothes situation when we're talking about these comic book stories. Because, of course, one of the reasons that the heroes don't kill their arch enemies is because we want another issue. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, even well, that's when, the even question. Does Batman them, actually like, you know, the battle between him and the Joker? Is that the reason why he doesn't kill him? Right. You know? right. That's, right. A, that's what a completely, would happen if you know, he did, you know? It yeah, would, it would exactly. End. And that's why even in the big event graphic novels where Frank Miller or some other, you know, famous graphic novelist says, today's the issue where he kills the Joker and it's a yep. big event. Everybody buys it. Then it's like, Three weeks later, the Joker's back. Exactly, or the Joker's son. Or you yeah. know, it's so that. Uh, and and that brings me to my third point, which the one 
moral element that we haven't discussed yet that I think is true that's implied in the whole conundrum of killing the Joker is simply the fact that when you kill the Joker, you end up with another Joker. Right. And and that is a real reality. Right. It, you know, we find that even in foreign policy. You know, we fight one war and then there's another war that we have right. to fight. And 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 with crim, criminals or any kind of uh, evil wrongdoing, there is a nature for it to just propagate itself. Right. And so, I don't know that that justifies not killing the Joker, but I do think that that is something that the Batman story tends to point right. out a lot. Well, yeah, it's it's you know. I think of the line from I th- I can't remember which movie it is, but it's one of the Marvel movies that um, they're talking. Oh, it's Civil War when they're all talking about the the to sign the the accords or whatever it is. Yeah, or to the not Sokovia sign it. Accords. the Sokovia Accords. That's what it is. <laughs> and I think it's Vision or someone says, you know, just just our strength invites challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, and as long as there's good, there's always going to be evil to rise to meet it. Um, mm-hmm. And you know those those scales may tip one way you know or the other. I think Gotham is a perfect example of where the scales of evil have completely overtaken the scales of good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's you know there's always going to be another Joker. There's always going to be the next thing. Um, well, and this and this really the other the other moral question in in this vein it, really for. Batman or Superman is vigilante justice. Right. Is That's it, the big one. Is it licit for a force other than a duly elected right. or justly governing system to ex- exact punishment on wrongdoers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that's obvious. That's the big one with Batman. That is, you know? it's mm-hmm. huge. That's a huge question, yeah. and it's interesting. Uh, there's a story, and I have to look up the year, uh, but it's in the 1800s. There was a there was a period of time in San Francisco where just the crime was absolutely ridiculous. It was it was overrunning the whole city, and and people just weren't safe. And so um, the local residents decided to do something about it, and they actually formed. A, a vigilante militia and it was separate from law enforcement and it was publicly listed like all the members were listed as in a public register um, as being part of it and they all took joint action against known criminals wow and they I, I believe they executed these criminals whoa they went and got them they tried them by some I don't know what their really like what their yeah. legal standard was but but they basically tried them and they would execute wow and completely separate from the justice system. Yeah, outside wow. of any court or anything else, and it was it, it was literally the Wild West. Right. But you know, is something like that? Is that licit? You know, on its well, own terms, because that is that's real life Batman. Right? Well, yeah, well, and that's where you get even to the morality of you know, like, um, like, well, this is a hot topic now, like gun ownership. Um, you know, which. You know, the strongest argument I've ever heard for that was simply the fact that every human being has a right to self-defense and the means of self-defense. And so really when you're talking about a cop, for instance, um, the way to think of that is that a a law-abiding citizen has loaned out their right to self-defense to another person so that 
the rest of us can not worry about it. Presumably. We're creditors of the justice system. Yeah, we're creditors yeah. of the justice system. It's kind of like the idea that the people are where sovereignty lies and that like we the people mm-hmm. – you know, we created the government. You know, like if the government turns against the people, it's automatically illicit because the people are who give the government mm-hmm. right. legitimacy or sovereignty. That's right. the, de- the democratic idea. Right. CF China. Um, so in that sense, you could look at something like the San Francisco. And I believe if, the, if I remember that story, they they did disband eventually. Well, they did. They, 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 they kind of took care of the problem and then and they, went, yeah, they, and they voluntarily disbanded. disbanded. Yeah. But any of those people <laughs> – tried for that or I don't believe so okay I don't believe so interesting yeah make a good movie that would that's what I'm thinking right now I'm like called, dang uh, is that not a TV show movie. or a movie <laughs> I think it is but I think it's called Death Wish right <laughs> Death <laughs> Charles <laughs> Bronson no that is an interesting question because um you know, at some point, self-defense. If you that's that's to me where these always go. These these moral questions is if you reduce it to a one-on-one situation, mm-hmm. and less than a one-on-one. Because in a one-on-one, so say I'm in danger. Um, you know, kind of based on like Christian principles, you'd say like, well, it's you know worthy to say I will lay down my life willingly. But when when you add a third party to it, right? You say that guy wants to kill that guy. Yeah. What are you going to? What do? am I going to do yeah, about it? Exactly. Then I'm protecting someone else, or right. even worse, a say it's a somebody wants to abuse right someone else, or cause harm to a young girl, or to a woman, or to someone who's weaker than the the other party. Then that's where our moral obligation pops in. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and and. That's that's very real, and that's where, um, really, where pacifism stops mm-hmm. is saying, it's one thing to say you can do anything to me. It's another thing to say, yeah, I'm fine if you hurt them. I think protecting those protecting those who are less strong, the yeah, weaker, less able, as that is one of the clearest moral lines we can probably draw. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting because to to close out um, the film that when we were discussing the most the Dark Knight when it came to the end of that movie I felt and this is where the Dark Knight as much of a masterpiece as it is uh, in its genre it it left me deflated because I think at the end of the day Nolan really didn't know how to answer. The questions that he raised, like we've been yeah, discussing, all absolutely. these different questions, and the way he ended the Dark Knight was basically by saying, "This is not the greatest answer, mm-hmm. the one I provided in this movie, but it's the best answer I can come up with." Right. Well, if if he even does that, for me, yeah. it almost leaves it just open ended. Like here, I ask the questions, I can't answer them. You right. answer them for yourself. So, you know? so what is the moral of the story, Luke, for you for the Dark Knight? I mean. Man, that's a, that's a heavy question. <laughs> <laughs> For me personally, it would be very hard to stand by and allow evil like that to continue existing. Right. If I were in that situation, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know how that applies to me in real life because I'm not Batman, <laughs> but, right. you know, like, you know, it would be very hard to see that in real life and know that that is continuing yeah. to exist, you know. I don't know what that means practically, but right. but uh, you know, if I had a choice in the matter, it would. I think it would be very hard for me to allow that to mm-hmm. continue existing. Mm-hmm. 
Alex, what was the what was the moral of the story for the Dark Knight? Well, I'm I'm with you, Ben, in that I don't think Nolan really came to grips to answer the questions raised. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you can't as long as the question of guilt is one that uh, that is insurmountable, mm-hmm. because that's really where they lose it. Like Batman, at the end of the day, he is not clean enough mm-hmm. to exact justice. Mm-hmm. And that really takes right. you all the way to the point where, well, the only true person who is worthy to exact justice is God. Yeah. Right. And that's why the state represents God. Mm-hmm. And that's even that's why pagans, cons- you know, they just called the leader of the state God. Right. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you have to be divine to, to, to choose life to, or death. Yeah. To, right. to, to meet that out, meet out that punishment. Um, and I think what it, our conversation leaves me with is kind of a soberness of the fact that we live in a world and I say, well, if I believe that, if I, if you say you should, you know, take up, you know, take up arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing in them, um, you know, we'd live in a sea of troubles. Yeah. You'd say so, like, yeah. well, I see the, those who are innocent, uh, being harmed. And I say, what yeah. about abortion? Right. You yeah. know, what about, all the sex ills, things that are society. I say, right? You know, it's it's very hard, sort of from like mundane everyday life to exactly, say, yeah. you're to feel like you have the power to really do anything about it, right? But I think, well, what if I did have money? Like, what if I had Bruce Wayne's money? Like, what if some yeah. people do? What what is right? Jeff Bezos doing? Yeah, to help. Jeff Bezos should be Batman, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. For me, um, to round out, I think. The moral of the story for The Dark Knight to me, um, just my takeaway, uh, is that The Dark Knight fails in its moral analysis because it doesn't go far enough. Mm -hmm. There's a line in The Dark Knight Rises that I've actually thought about a lot, and I think it's a pretty interesting line. It's where uh, Commissioner Gordon, Gary Oldman, says basically something, something to the effect of, one day... You know, you'll you'll wake up and you can't face the world, and somebody will will get his hands dirty right. and save it for you, and then and you'll and you'll thank him. And that and actually, Victor Davis Hanson, the military historian, he talks about this a lot. That every so often there is a moment, just in human history, you see this where you have a George Patton or a Winston Churchill mm-hmm. or just different yeah. people who are willing to say things, willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do. Right. And it's not necessarily immoral things, though sometimes it's very hard decisions that they make um, or that are just messy decisions right. that have a lot of fallout. And they're the people that society ends up remembering. Right. And so in that way, I think if you follow that lo- logic out, you would say – Batman should have gotten his hands even dirtier mm-hmm. in the Dark Knight, right, to save the world, right? Yeah, so and that's the moral of the story. That's the moral yeah. of the story. Well, this has been uh, the very first episode of the moral of the story, and we're going to continue mm-hmm. delving into stories, movies, um, which is all what we love to Morality. do. Morality, yeah, and uh, yeah. So join us next time. Uh, we don't know what movie that will be yet, but <laughs> we'll stay pick tuned. one. We'll stay tuned, <laughs> and uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. The moral of the story with Alex Wolliver, Luke Taylor, and Benjamin Wolliver. 
please subscribe to The Moral of the Story on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen. Visit moralofthestorypodcast.com. Copyright 2019 Moral of the Story Media.